Welcome to the Weekly Roar. I'm Grant Bruner. I am Jared Russo. This is episode 754, Just Us Lads. Jared, what animal are you thinking of today? A raccoon. Just any raccoon or a particular raccoon? Oh, it's a Phoebeus raccoonus. Ah, that raccoon. So uh, I got in the mail yesterday a 20th anniversary Sly Cooper shirt from Sony, which is the only thing in the store to acknowledge that it is the 20th anniversary of one of my favorite franchises in gaming history. What's wild is that like they 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 did the remasters for those on the PS3. Presumably they could just hire some third party thing to just like hey put those out on a platform that people can still play games on. But that would cost money. But it can't cost that much money. But the return on investment wouldn't be enough. I mean, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, they'll make money. Like, it it would almost certainly be profitable. It just wouldn't be fuck-off profitable. And so corporations under capitalism don't do that shit. They're not interested in that. They're they're like, some profit, pushaw, most profit. Now we're talking. Because it's like, something like that, where you have a big, a a built-in audience, there's no way that loses money. You would have to. You'd have to. You would have to run it the like the most ridiculous way, where you're just like dumping hilariously large amounts of money into the the remastering, or really just like the the port of the remaster. You'd have to really fuck it up for it not to be profitable. <sighs> Dumb. Eh. Capitalism, Jared. Yeah. I'm here to say, maybe not great. It's it's not good. No. Uh, we watched the X Files. We're on season two now. Hell yes, we are. Um. We left on a pretty high note. I think. I think in general, both of us uh, thought season one good, and then the, the specifically the way it ended was a, was a pr- pretty pretty fucking solid. I just want to kick this off by saying these five episodes in a row mm-hmm, mm-hmm. are the best I have seen from the show yet. I was a gigantic fan of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I have so many notes written down. This. This was the sort of modern day binge, like, oh, they know what they're doing. I'm on a roller coaster. I'm strapping in. Because season one, it was very much like Monster of the Week. I didn't quite get what the big picture was. But what they're doing in season two, oh, they got to figure it out, baby. And and I like it. They got a stew cooking. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that these are broadly good. Um, I don't think that, like, they're uniformly good. Like, I think I probably feel we watched five Little Green Men, The Host, Blood, Sleepless, and Dwayne Barry. I think probably Sleepless is the weakest of the five. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Um, but but uh, all of them are pretty good. Um, let's start off with Little Green Men. Um, weirdly, headed to Puerto Rico, just like uh, just like you and me, baby. I, uh, I'm not gonna lie, my in my head, what I envision I, you and I are going to show up to for our corporate mandated vacation looks exactly like the little radio tower that Mulder is in. <laughs> We're gonna That's be in San Juan. Jerry. I don't know what that we're, we're looks like. We're gonna be in a big old. We're gonna be in a big old city. It's not. It's it's just a regular ass city. Mm, if you say so. Uh, so I want to go. I want to go out to the rainforest, in which is it is properly some like you know the jungle, but the part the main part is just a regular ass city. <laughs> uh, little green man. Let me. I'll read. I'll read the synopsis from uh, from the uh, the wiki. With the X-Files closed, Mulder is contacted by a political ally and sent on a dangerous mission to the radio telescope in Arecibo 
Puerto Rico. Um, ah, mm, good. It's good. And also, I feel like this is probably the most we see Scully in probably like the first, like, nine episodes or something like that, nine or ten episodes. Um, this is, like, we're seeing the most of her here, and then we're just slowly getting worse, like... I think one of the episodes, the only part where Scully's in it is there's like a, there's like, she's on, she's has like a, a voicemail at some point, uh, and a lot of like cutaways to her on a phone talking to, to Mulder, uh, on his early 90s cell phone. Um, but this is, this, this episode, there's, there's properly a, a, a non-trivial amount of, of Scully here. You, you told me that she's pregnant, so they yeah, have I th- to I'm pretty, shoot I'm pretty around. Sure. Yeah. And you can see there, there's a lot of like not, sh- not giving her full shots. And then when, when they are showing more than just like her, like the, her like shoulders up, it's like, oh, she's facing away. Like there's one scene, I want to say maybe, maybe in Dwayne Barry or maybe a sleepless where you see her and they show her walking, but you, but they see her cut away and you're basically just watching her from behind. I got to tell you, I, I thought it was kind of masterful the way that they were able to include her in the show mm-hmm. and not make it seem like there was something afoot. So yeah. whether that was like the way they wrote her character's uh, like actions within the story going around Fox, the mm-hmm. way they shot things in front of her chest torso like she's always behind a thing so i was like always on the lookout for it but i was never like disappointed that she was just holding like a big basket of fruit you know it was like yeah, no it's done stylishly it was very clever um yeah i i just want to give a quick shout out as i go through these these stupid notes i wrote down which i can't believe i'm now that guy i love scully's glasses they're good glasses. I'm a gigantic fan of anything that woman does or puts on her her body clothes wise. But boy, those glasses, mm. fantastic stuff. They're good. Um, I I think this is a great way to start start the season. And also, like knowing is I I was kind of worried that you were going to be, and that's kind of why I told you to kind of what to expect that like there's not going to be a ton of Scully in these first uh like I don't know first half or first third of the season is because I was kind of worried that you were going to be put off by it because I was, it's not like when I first watched these, I wasn't like, I wasn't like put off like these are bad, but I was like, huh, it's weird that they're like the, the, the big, a, a huge draw of the X-Files is seeing Mulder and Scully together. And you just don't get a ton of that in these early episodes. And then I looked it up and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, why they did that. Um, I was worried that it was, go- that that was going to put you off. No. Well, I mean, I, I guess on paper it, it seems like it would, but the wire season two does this where it really just like completely just focuses on a different set of characters for the first time. I mean, it ends up doing that every season, but season two is the first time you notice it and you're like, Oh, we're in a new setting and we're just following new protagonists. And it is very only tangentially about season one and it still maintains its quality and it's still able to, to hook you. And so that it can pull that off for the remaining seasons where they keep doing that. And this show is still really good and that we got a whole season of them together and yeah, that, that dynamic is great, but I actually really enjoy what's going on with like Mulder and his boss and one side of the government versus the other trying to get the X-Files back. And mm-hmm. we'll get to the the other character they introduce who ends up spoilers. How did no one see this coming? He's a spy for the smoking <laughs> man. 
Um, but I like I like Scully as a sidekick. I, I like that she is doing her own thing, but she cares so deeply about Fox that she she uses her expertise in these little moments, and it's able to like the writers were able to to maintain the momentum every episode. Mm-hmm. Not only is it like a both a monster of the week, but also there's an overarching storyline. It just feels more. It doesn't feel like a '90s show in the way that it's structured, where season one felt like it was a '90s show. Like this, mm-hmm. this is like kind of the best of both worlds. Like, yeah, I, I really, I, I really dig this. It's good, and also I think this is a great opportunity. Like this first episode is a great thing of like Skinner, kind of like the boss of Mulder at this point. But, you know, like, ultimately, Mulder and Scully, when things are normal, but Mulder right now, is making him, like, a, a, a much more, I feel like, fleshed out character here. In that, like, he has, he has his own motivations for things. He is not just, like, he isn't just, like, the government. He isn't just, like, the FBI doing a thing. He also isn't, like, oh, the DOD, the, like, the, the, you know, the smoking man, the people pulling the strings behind it. This is, like, he isn't necessarily fully aligned with Mulder doing whatever, but he, he clearly is, like, he is not he is not just like a stooge and he's also not just like a straight up advocate for Mulder. He's somewhere in between. He is an independent man who answers to a higher power, a higher authority, but mm. also you God. can tell like used yeah, yeah, God. Used to have the sort of like people skills to get him where he was. Like he understands and can empathize with what these agents are going through. Now, obviously, yep. like we know Fox is onto something and we know he's telling the truth. But to him, he's just like a like a he's a rebel. He's just like a nuisance. But he understands that he also does good work. So there's this yeah. push. There's this push and pull that I enjoy the, the, the tension, the drama. It's tripping. Uh, yeah. By the way, he, the best show about the best. Yeah. Conflicted. The best show about middle management also happens to be The Wire because there's people under you that you have to shit on. And then there's people above you shitting on you. And you're the funnel for all the shit going down from the top to the bottom. Uh, so anytime, anytime a show can spotlight to the mainstream at large in America that you are either on the bottom or in the middle of the shit going from the top to the bottom in capitalism. It's all bad. That's that, that, but that's a good point to highlight. It's a good yeah. thing to show. Uh, so yeah, Skinner. Love that Skinner good. is a boss in, on the show because Skinner! I mean, that that's the Simpsons. He's the principal. That's... You know, but he so I, I think it's I think it's also so good because it's like you can like you can just tell like when he um when he basically tells the smoking man, he's like, get out. And the audience is oh. obviously supposed to think obviously supposed to think he's yelling at Mulder to get out. But then he's but then he's yelling at the smoking man. It's so good. That's fucking great. See, see, I, I want more like do we know like other than the smoking man is spoopy like what his department is like he's what, dod Thor department of defense defense yeah so he's like pentagon and... because we see because with all the with all the raiders of the lost ark stuff like yeah. when it's like hiding it's it at yeah. the end it, it shows the little plaque for the dod so he's yeah so there, it's, 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 you know, it's like, it's like military stuff, which makes sense from like a, um, from like a, um, like an alien hiding perspective that like there would be like the military aspect of it. Well, they're always busting in and stealing everyone's research every time they get a bunch of evidence on aliens. Yeah. Um, Little Green Man, any other notes you wanted to talk about? Uh, Little Green Man go, to, yes. go, they, they go to the, they unfortunately collapsed, um, the, 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 the telescope that they go to, 
um, is real, is an actual real telescope. And unfortunately, I think in 2020, it co- a part of it collapsed and, and it is currently being worked on. Stupid pandemic, uh, collapsing our satellites. Um, I, I really enjoyed the uh, the airport deflection scene mm-hmm. with the government agents over her shoulder. Uh, yeah. I love I love the being frozen, scared to death, like hands above your head stuff. Uh, a little a little bit of reminiscent of um, the ice episode or of the thing where they're kind of just in this isolated location and there's something out trying to get in. Um, I love the tactile feel of the computer stuff and the and the tape reels and the and the the wire tapping surveillance, just like the sort of boots on the ground, like just how tactile it all was. I love mm. that the guy comes into the office when she's like feeding the fish or whatever. He's like, what's that on the ground? And it's one of those computer tests they print out. Yeah. D- throw this away. I'm, gonna, away. I'm going to comically crumple this up and throw it in the trash can. Don't worry about it. And uh, one final note for this episode is I, I appreciate the flashback of uh, the sister's abduction. But oh, yeah, it's good. Mostly because Fox Mulder clearly grew up in the New York area because you know what he was wearing? The, it was a jet shirt. It was a Bernard King number 30 New York Knicks jersey, who was uh, the best player on our team in the 80s. Mad respect. That's attention to detail, Grant. Um, I didn't notice it, unfortunately, for you. That's why um, I'm here. That kid that they cast for young Fox Mulder. Great. He looks did just great like job. David Duchovny. He really does. He really does. He did. They did a great job. I don't know if that kid just like really, really looked like him or if he just like kind of looked like him and they did some makeup, but it's a dead ringer. It's fantastic. Uh, the host is uh, the second episode. This is the, the spooky sewer episode. Fluke, uh, a fluke worms, a fluke worm. Here's the synopsis. While continuing work unrelated to the X-Files, Mulder apparently finds evidence of a giant fluke worm-like monster living in the New Jersey sewage system. Seems like a rude thing to do to New Jersey is to make them the the sewage place. Listen, Grant, have you been to New Jersey? I have. Drug handles. For any listener out there who is not in the sort of like New York metropolitan tri-state area, let me just say this for the record. I've been saying this my whole life. New Jersey literally and figuratively stinks. No. Well, so here's the thing. The, the New Jersey that I spend time in is South Jersey. So I don't spend any time. I've not really spent a significant amount of time in New Jersey in the in the like New York burbs area. When I'm when I'm in Jersey, I'm in South Jersey. Uh Newark is an airport that I sometimes have to go to. Secaucus is a place that people drive through for for lots of reasons. The tunnel, Jersey City. They have so many slaughterhouses there. Just, it's just you just smell it. It's impossible to get around. That sounds like a city problem and not a New Jersey problem. Because let New me tell Jersey, you about New York City. You wanna you wanna smell some piss? New York City's got you covered. Fantastic. Listen, New Jersey is where, again, figuratively and literally, we New Yorkers send all of their garbage. Um, I, I really enjoyed that the setting was was Jersey. It was about the treatment and the sewage. And again, the spooks on the ground, tactile, real life, like, yeah, those guys just seem like they'd be working there. They don't seem like actors to me until they're Mm. flailing in the water dying. Um, I love that a National Enquirer-type newspaper that reports Mm. on all this alien nonsense is used as a plot device to actually inform Fox Mulder because they're actually reporting on the truth, which is something the Men in Black movies picked up later in the 90s. Mm. 
So, but this yeah, it's this like oh, it they're telling they were real the whole time. Yeah, like Tommy Lee Jones in that movie always picks up the National Enquirer just to see like what's going on in the alien world, whereas like everyone else in Plain Sight is just like yeah, they're just making it up. Vote for Trump. Okay, that sounds great. I'm no, Fox Mulder. No, not the New York Post. No, 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 National Enquirer grant. Well, but the National Enquirer also went weirdly MAGA in 2016. They're like, Trump's going to tell us everything. He's going to unlock the votes. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. Um, um, did you a, notice that when, when they go... I'm sorry, go ahead. This is a great episode. That's all I was going to say. Um, did you notice that when they meet the the like head engineer of the sewage treatment... Love him. That the... the I, I'm watching on Hulu. I assume you're watching on Hulu? Yes, yes. That the, the quality of the footage that they have for that scene is significantly degraded. Like, I wonder if the film stock was damaged and they had to go to, like, the the tape version to, like, reconstruct that scene. Yeah, because Jersey is a is a toxic wasteland and everything there uh, slowly degrades. My my wife also is a noted New Jersey hater. She's a she smart talks woman. So, she talks so much shit about New Jersey. She's, She's from a smart Southeast woman. P- from Southeast PA. It's fine. Uh, listen, I don't want. I don't necessarily want to live there, but it's 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 the, um, it's the most densely populated state for literally no reason, other than people got priced out in New York. It's um so the this this episode, I feel like the 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 this whole run has a lot of real gross shit in it. It it's wonderful the gross shit. I I, I love this episode more than the first one. Uh, really? I love the monster design. I love the the comparing the 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 bite to the little worm and that he carries around the little worm and not just a photo of it. Like that's just more cumbersome to do that box molder to carry around the little jar of the worm. Um, uh, I love when the Scully's science. Do- the Scully's when Scully's doing the autopsy. So one, they just have like a waterlogged body ripped open and that's gross. And wow. then the fluke worm is in there. It's so terrible. Love it. So great. I mean, it's gross. Don't get me wrong, but like, that's why you're watching the X-Files. That's not why I'm watching the X Files, but no, you got to you uh, got to have a little bit of that in the show. You got to. It's pretty gross. And then also, there is there was there CG like because when the when the creature was in when, was in the shadows was that was there CG in there? I feel like there was CG in there. I wondered that too. I I'm not quite sure, but it didn't it didn't distract me like the Scorpion King mm. CG distracts someone. Um, but I appreciate like the, the the real makeup effects whenever you actually do get to see the monster. Yeah, I, I just enjoyed how pulpy and fun and like when you see the guy like cleaning the porta potty, and you're like, don't don't do that, don't go in there. Like it had yeah. that to it. I this this episode after seeing the pilot, I was like, okay, show really good pilot. Let's see what you. And I was I was genuinely surprised at how great this one was. And then it kept, and then the next one I loved even more. I. Mm. Season two, I think, is a major upgrade over season one. Uh, I, I, I will say that I did when I first watched this. I did miss Scully. I want, I want more Scully, but I think that these are these are broadly good. But, but more Scully soon, please. Um, Blood is the third episode. Um, this is a definitely a very, very a uh, kind of like segmented monster of the week. Not really part of the bigger thing. Um, but this is a fun, almost like it. It definitely is evoking like what is it they live um because it's like oh they're seeing messages that nobody else can see 
Yeah, but they live. The messages weren't like evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, it's like, hey, you're being controlled, capitalism, etc., etc., etc. But like, it's it it, ha- it has some. What I'm saying is like cinema, uh, like from a cinematography perspective, it is like stealing and soundtrack. Like when when you, when they are seeing it, it is like it. That, this episode probably has the most stingers of any episode to date. It is just stinger. There's like fucking like of like a 45 minute episode. Half of it has to be them like done as they look at a screen being like you should kill them i i gotta tell you grant this might be my favorite episode of the show so far it's fun but like i, I the the one thing is like i i i don't love the like the throwing in the sexual assault stuff just willy-nilly like it's not it's not i don't love it it's not like a, it doesn't, it's not a knockout. It doesn't ruin the episode. I'm just like, I could go without them just throwing around, around the R word. Um, I would be okay with that. Um, this is an but, early nineties pulpy genre thing. I, I would expect this show to every once in a while get things wrong in a way that makes people cringe, mm-hmm. but it hasn't really dipped too far down the yeah, it, it, well. like they definitely didn't like go full exploitation no but uh, when it happened i was like oh uh mm, chill down my spine um it's good there's a uh, uh synopsis apparently prompted by messages from a digital apl- from digital appliance with instructions to kill several several residents of a small farming community suddenly turned violent and dangerous and what is it they 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 like they're like the per capita, like, murder rate is, like, more than Detroit and New York and L.A. combined or something like that. I think that it was Detroit, L.A., and maybe Chicago they used? Maybe something like that. But it was, like, abs- absurdly high for some podunk town. Uh, so this was the episode that made me smile from ear to ear the whole way through in that it was a lot of really fun psych outs, a lot of fun deaths. I laughed every time the screen just said, kill. that made me laugh a lot. But it was also just like, it was just so fun to live in that world where they're mixing in like the Rodney King stuff and the LA riot stuff and the yeah. OJ stuff, like their social commentary, but you feel bad for this guy who's like kind of going postal. You're not quite sure what he's afraid of or what's going to happen. And they mix people's fears with like the future of technology. Like you could easily have done this like near Y2K and it still would have worked. This is kind of prescient. You get the Jaws mayor. Oh, you got to love a Jaws mayor. <laughs> It's, it's like Jared Russo. You gotta love a Jaws mayor. I, um, that's my favorite character in anything, any movie or TV show is the is the political person who is so adamant about something, and then it just takes an overmounted, overwhelming amount of like tragedy to like finally break their spirit and like admit that they were wrong. I love that. You don't live here, Mulder. I love um, and I love the and, and, I love the the Fox Mulder's friends, the nerds, the one who like asked for Scully's phone number. Like they make it. Yeah, this one this one had multiple because like one of them was like you give per- one of the the great there was two like two Mulder quotes and I'm forgetting the second one, but one of them was you give perverts a bad name. 
Uh, it's a really good line. This was even like the, the DC mall shooter, like, like years before that happened, like a guy in a tower with a sniper rifle. I was like, Jesus, the show is really good at predicting the future in a terrible way. I was in people were sniping before. No, the the, the, the beltway shooter, but, um, it was just in, 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 enthralling. It was engaging. It was fun. It was, it, this was maybe the perfect episode of the X-Files. I love this one. It, it's, it's good. And I, so as much as I am skeptical about their, their use of, uh, sexual assault, like the threat of sexual assault, um, I do think that most of the scene where they bring it, where the, it's brought up, does work, and it would work fine if it was just about murder. Like if they had just brought the murder, it would be it would be significantly better. But where she's she's the woman um, who is infected or whatever um, is talking to to the mechanic, and the mechanic is like in a in like dim lighting, and he's like, "Just come over here, and I'll show you what's wrong with your car." And like you can tell that it's like, "Oh, she feels threatened," and you obviously like they are trying to uh, indicate to the to the audience like, "Oh." He's going to hurt her, but in reality, she's the one who's infected and and does the murdering to to the like innocent mechanic. Well, it shows the fear that that I mean, especially women can have when you're in these weird situations where it's just one other person and it's at night. I mean, it, this you and I maybe have not had those thoughts cross our minds, but like that is clearly something that like my sister would tell me. Like there are just times where she's just like, I I don't want to go out on the subway past a certain point because like I just don't want to be alone and. Like, I sure, totally sure, understand sure. that. Uh, and I didn't feel like this, that segment, like, I, I don't feel like it was, like, doing anything, like, inherently wrong. Um, I'll, I will tell you that it, it did take me a little, like, 30 seconds too late of me laying, like, oh, she's the one who's going to kill him. Like, I was kind of, mm-hmm. like, being led along the nose. And I was like, oh, lady, you better not, you better just, just leave, just leave the car. Until I was like, oh, wait a second, they're going to make her be the one who kills him. Yeah, I, like, I think, th- I think that that part works. The part where they, they invert it is good. Um, the, also the main, the main, the postal guy, I think, that stuff, I think he works. I think his performance works. Oh, he's I also great. Think the part where he gets fired is also like <sighs> everything about this blows. I hate this. I this fucking poor guy. Him typing the numbers on the ATM like he was typing the numbers at work. Oh, yeah, heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Yeah. And then of course I have to laugh out loud when it just says kill. Um, yeah, genuinely hilarious. But in but in the cheesy fun way where you're like, I guess like. If I were to watch The Net with Sandra Bullock, I'd laugh at it. But with this, I was like kind of laughing with it because I feel like they kind of knew. Yeah, it's execute. It's, it's executing an, uh, at the at the proper level. Like this yeah. isn't this isn't this isn't like um it, it it understands what it is that this is that, that there is some cheese here, but it is it is it is executed well. But that guy's performance is, is terrific, and because our country is so deeply fucked up, it, it is still scary to think about being in just like a random place and then having like shots just openly being fired at you for a while. Like, yeah, no good. It's all bad. But again, this show is just it, it, it is prescient in that it can kind of predict how awful the future can and will be. Yeah. Um, one, one final thing. I had this written down for previous episodes. I miss Deep Throat. I miss that actor. He was <laughs> That's crazy. so funny because you were just so miserable when he was alive. No, I, I liked him. I liked him. I understand what they're doing. Um, 
what they were doing. And I was like, okay, it was too sporadic and it wasn't kind of fully fleshed out. Like I want the smoking man stuff to be more fleshed out in the way that, that, that this, the next episode or, or the one after like the, the spy, the sidekick, what's his mm-hmm. name? Oh, it's some, it's like Chris, Steve Chris, or some shit. Some weird name. Um, uh, let me look it up. Jimmy. Krysik. 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 Um, the rookie spy. Um, yes, exactly. The, 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 the fake F or the real FBI agent, but the, the plant. Can I just, can I just, before we move on ha- for the most skeptical man on planet earth, how dumb do you have to be to not know that he's just going to feed a bunch of information to someone? Fox Mulder. Come on. Well, so, but here, here is my, this is, uh, let me, hold on. Let me back up. So this is, we're talking about sleepless. This is the fourth episode of the second season. Synopsis is Mulder and Crycheck. Uh, investigate a series of mul- uh, murders partic- uh, per- perpetrated by a telepathic Vietnam War veteran Augustus Cole. Um, so I think that some of it is playing on Mulder has dealt with these fucking assholes at the FBI his entire career, and they and and they even kind of play on it because he like he l- tries to like uh to dodge him and like lose him, and then the the plant is like you know people were talking shit about you, but I think that you're actually good. Um, so it's like clearly like being manipulated. Um, into thinking that, like, oh, well, maybe this is somebody that I could work on. Fox Mulder, you gotta know he's reporting to someone. Come on, man. I mean, because fundamentally, like, Scully was reporting to people. Yeah, but I guess we know she's the main character, and eventually I'm sure they're gonna have, like, a a fling or whatever, because you gotta keep the show spicy, but it just seems so not in his character to just, like, it seems like he's always one step ahead, and he always knows that people are listening and watching, but it's just kind of like, he's not fully trusting of this of this dude. No, definitely not. You gotta know he's telling somebody something. Like, I just, that, come on, man. Yeah. Come on, Fox. Um, I... I think this episode is totally fine, but I think it is fundamentally pretty forgettable. And also, like, I think it just tells you about, like, what we have gone through, what we have lived our, our lives, uh, since, like, um, uh, the, this is 1994. Uh, like, a Vietnam flashback thing is just like, I feel like it would just never be made now. You would never do it. Why would you just replace it with like Afghanistan or? Yeah, you would replace it with, with, with yeah. Iraq or Afghanistan. And I, and even then it would be, it's weird, right? Because like, this is like, you murdered this Viet Cong guy and he was, he's, but it's like, you, you have to pay the price because you flew a drone and killed an Afghan farmer and his family. Well, thankfully, uh, that we're still murdering innocent people that doesn't exist that show, or at least we aren't watching it. Maybe it's on one of the Yellowstone knockoffs. Oh, oh, contraire that that show is the X-Files because they bring the X-Files back in the, in the 2010s. I don't feel like watching any of that. Um, was the main guy in this Augustus Colt? Was that the Candyman actor? I don't know. Let's is see. Is that Candyman? Uh, the whole episode I'm watching and I'm like, this is good. I like the dream thing, the no sleep and uh, the secret meeting with the government guy who's helping. Who's like, what do you think is to make better soldiers? I'm like, yeah, would, that would make sense. Um, I, 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 I really enjoy the opening. I, I, I love the concept of somebody's brain playing tricks on them so that the inside of their bodies make it seem like they got shot or was on fire. But the outside is totally fine. That is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And again, Fox Mulders is halfway through every episode just figures out exactly what the weird phenomenon is, but can't figure out that the guy who's obviously a spy is a, a spy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going to bother me so, so much. Um, I love I love Fox Mulder having to listen to these scumbags uh, on on surveillance and he's always pulled away. But every time he's listening to the tape, it's always hey, I'm a New Yorker. We're committing crimes here. You leave the gun, take the cannoli. Every single it's so funny to me. It's great. Do you how so you live you live in the Bronx, right? I do. So how when you're just walking down the street, uh, you have you have a a very mild like New York Long Island thing. It's 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 there but not not strong. How Coffee. often do you run into people who are just like the most New Yorky accent? You'd be surprised. Um so I I was born and raised on Long Island and then at one point in my life I lived in Queens and Brooklyn and in Manhattan and now I'm in Mott Haven which is the southernmost tip of the Bronx. You'd be surprised at how many kind of working class people um from various backgrounds just have that kind of attitude. Um like you can you can tell it's it's more than you'd think. Now maybe not to the full extent of like listening in on the strip club from the Sopranos, you know, Fox Mulder's listening to. Not like mm-hmm. to that level, but like most of my family is that. Like the most stereotypical Italian fat, like oh you stupid gabagool, gabagool. Oh dude, you have no idea. Like just like how far down, like every single like stereotype branch they hit on that tree. How far? Which down is wild because like I so in my in my neck of the woods, um, Italian sandwiches are extremely extremely popular, and one of the marks of a like a good Italian sub is if they're using capicola. And so, like, I knew, I've always known about Capicola. Like, my whole life is like, oh yeah, Capicola is like, that's the good shit. You want that, you want that in your Italian sub, if at all possible. And so, when the Sopranos blew up, and everyone was like, ah, oh, Gabagool! I'm like, what the, and I, it took a while for me to realize, like, oh, but they're referring to the same preserved meat. It's the same thing, just from a different pronunciation. Uh, not even like pronunciation, but like, it's kind of like how like elite became elite and own became pwn. It was like a typo turned yeah. into like a nickname into something else. Um, like the, the prosciutto, the prosciutto, you know, like, like that's yeah. like, it, it's Italians. We're a wacky bunch. Well, specifically, it's like Italian American. So it's like Italians from like the, like, Toe and uh, of of the mainland and Sicily all coming in like the 1880s and 1890s, and then like they all have their own specific thing. It's like um, it's like New Mexico Spanish, where it's like you have a bunch of people who were who like came from Spain and went to New Mexico into what is now New Mexico. And like they was all they like, settled there. And so like, yeah, this is this is like its own form of Spanish that has been like in its own branch since like the fifteen like the mid fifteen hundreds. And like, yeah, of course it's its own it's its own thing. Like it, it shares everything with other Spanish and is adjacent to, but yeah, they talk different because they're from a different time. Like the, they're from a like different uh immigration time. Yeah, I think my uh my grandparents came to New York from Sicily in the twenties or thirties through Ellis mm. Island. And so like my dad had to speak a lot of Italian to just kind of understand what was going on because like the whole family came. And then uh I now know I now know all of the Italian curse words because I heard them quite a lot as a child. Mm-hmm. Um 
Yeah, it's fascinating how that all works out. Forget about it. Um, Sleepless is... Um, uh, what, 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 do you have any notes? Anything? Any thoughts about it? Uh, no, it was okay. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. It, is it is some good stuff. Broadly, yeah. it's. Um, I, I think it's it's the least interesting of the five. Um, yeah, I. I I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, is, uh, is there any, I'm trying to remember if there's any standout thing. I guess it's, I guess the standout stuff is the, is the stuff that's not about the specific episode. It's the, it's the broader stuff that's happening with, the, with uh, the FBI. And that, and that opening was, was cool, but yeah. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, Dwayne Barry, which I think you have opinions on, is the, is the, is the fifth of the five. Uh, Mulder becomes involved in a hostage situation with an escaped psychiatric patient who claims to be terrified. Of frequent alien abductions, part one of two. Which had I rem- had I remembered that there was a two-parter, I would have either stopped us at four or went to six. Extremely, extremely funny that it ended uh, in that way because the episode kept going, and I was like, "Wow, this, like, this episode, we're gonna wrap this up fast." I was like, "A lot." This, I, how long? What? I, let me just say, Dwayne Barry loves talking in the third person, and Dwayne Barry uh, has never lied in his life, and mm-hmm. uh, Dwayne Barry is a great character. Dwayne I Barry love Dwayne Barry. Is, is a funny character. So this is like a, uh, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a hostage, it's a hostage situation. And so, like, there's very little x file stuff to go on other than the fact that in this episode, except for the fact that he claims that he was um, abducted. And that whenever there's some implantation in his brain, then they're like, oh, is this evidence of of aliens or whatever. But, like, broadly, for the vast majority of the bones of this episode, it is just a, like, a procedural hostage situation. But that's a first for this show. I actually really enjoyed the hostage episode uh, and their spin on it. I I really dug this one, um, which is odd, because I feel like I normally... I would sort of be immune to this archetype of, of mm-hmm. you know, the, the hostage. But I was not immune to its charms and to Dwayne Barry and the little twists and turns. And the ex- I, they're introducing new characters who I, who I hope keep showing up that I really enjoy. I really like that hostage uh, lady. I mm-hmm. loved her line about the coffee order. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, got a, you got a pen and paper on you? You want to help? Uh, 2% milk. Uh, I, great stuff. Um had stakes, you know, it had the alien stuff, but it was, it was Mulder and Scully in a new situation that they weren't uniquely tailored to, but like they found a, a special way to sort of like the FBI to, to, to shove them in there. Cause I don't know if you know this, but Fox's sister was abducted by aliens, Grant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes him an expert. Uh, and, and, uh, what is it? She calls him a butt munch in that episode in the flashback. Hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Also, I, I looked it up. Uh, the actor who played uh, Augustus Cole is Tony Todd, and that he is uh, in the Candyman. Ah, I knew he was Candyman. Um, good, good for me and my brain. <laughs> I, good for uh, you. I, 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 I like this one a lot. Mm-hmm. And then, like the last four minutes, where it, like it kept going. Yeah. I was like, what? And I, I didn't know it was a part one or two, and that got me. And I was like, oh, okay, I like this now. All right. Uh, yeah. Can't wait to see what the, happens next. There's some real heinous shit about the tooth, the the tooth laser. Tooth laser, fucking great. Hate it. Fucking love that, it. That is that is some de- that is some dead space needle in the eye shit. Fantastic. Excellent. Uh, Dwayne Barry, pretty good. Uh, uh, I feel bad 
uh, leaving us off in the middle, but them's the breaks. I was just, cause we, we, ha- recording has been weird, uh, cause we're in a weird time of the year. And, uh, I was just like, well, let's try to squeeze in a little bit more than we usually have. Uh, and then I fucked us up. Sorry about that. I, At least we have uh, something to look forward to next time. That's fine. Uh, it's not like I have to like watch it right now to find out, cause I'm sure everything will resolve and we'll follow Fox. Yeah, I don't want to blow your mind, but, and, um, and Scully. Balder and Scully will still be alive. Yeah, after. yeah, every episode. Um, I just, although wouldn't say, it be wild if Scully just like died? And then she and then it's just the rest of the rest of the show is just not oh, there's no yeah. Scully. That's insane. Uh so you you know that I am nostalgic for the nineteen nineties. I don't know why yeah. everyone calls it in the nineties. There's no D in there. The, L- linguistics. I, lo- I love seeing Dana Scully go grocery shopping, pay with a check, and for all that food she paid eleven dollars and fourteen cents. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Ah, uh, inflation. I pay four times as much for all my groceries. She's in, she's in like the DC Burbs in 1994. That sounds right. God, if I had a time machine, I'd go back and marry that woman. Um, I'm gonna marry. I'm gonna go back in time and marry this fictional character, or the actress who plays her. Uh, I, I just, I really, really enjoy the the alien stuff. Mm-hmm. And I like the this little scan bar, which I was like, oh, it's like, a, you know, the scan bar, the lines on groceries. And then what does the show do? It immediately brings me to the grocery store for her to scan it and set the thing off, which is hilarious, which then sends the aliens back to make this a part two. Uh, yeah. Fantastic stuff, X-Files. Good job. You yeah, put we're, a little all, extra, we're off to the races. A little extra whipped cream on top of something that was already delicious and sweet. So that's uh, that's X-Files. First five, um, I'm gonna say we should probably watch the next five in the next episode, which I don't know when, uh, cause we're, we're off to, we're off to Puerto Rico and then Christmas is here and Han, oh my god, Hanukkah, cause, uh, was, I, last year Hanukkah was earlier and I think, I think this year Hanukkah is right, but right up against Christmas, I'm pretty sure. I feel like that happens most of the time. Sometimes it's in late November, which is weird. Um, but it's the holidays. It's the holiday season, so. I don't know what the schedule will look like, but hopefully we'll, we'll get to five more episodes of the X-Files next time. Let's talk about some video games for a while. Um, Jared Pokemon? I tweeted this out. Pokemon Scarlet is the worst game that I cannot stop playing. Mm. I'm compelled to keep playing this game despite its abysmal flaws. Yeah, it seems really frustrating in that, like, they seem to finally, Game Freaks finally seems to be making some headway into, like, actually improving their games, which is a thing that they've been hesitant about for a long time. And then, unfortunately, it seems to be under uh, some real tech debt in that, like, they're like, listen, we can either have games that operate or games that are improving from, like, a mechanical perspective. We cannot do both. Uh, it is truly staggering that this franchise makes the most money out of any intellectual property and they don't have to lift a finger and it doesn't matter. So like the engine, the graphics, the performance, the frame rate, uh, the lack of like bug fixes. Apparently they're just like not like they're just done. Like they're moving on. Like they're not going to like go back and like try to, you know, I, I mean, like my game has crashed because yeah, they're going to they're going to make another game. Like, like, let's be real. They're going to put out another game in like November of next year. They can't spend time fixing this one. And it will not matter because it's already sold eight gajillion copies. But yeah, because they're no longer on handhelds, they can't like 
you know, like put their hands up and say, well, we can't innovate. We're on the DS. We can't innovate. We're on the Game Boy Advance. Well, now you're on like the main hardware. So you yeah. can't hide behind it being portable. So they did but you have just to- hide behind it being the switch and being under. It was ki- it was kind of underpowered at launch. And now we're like knocking on six years. Well, well, they, they were forced to, to make a. Uh, legends arceus arceus and this actually interesting in that like they really have other than like the actual like four moves in a menu turn-based combat but like they added like more to it and they made it open world and they like added exploration and crafting and like like they're like doing a lot of like really interesting stuff like they keep exploring how much more a game could be in this realm there's no uh random battles and like how you traverse and uh you know like there's more to do with your money and their side quest i mean like it's a more fully fleshed out game and it's a lot of fun co-op it works co-op is fun you can just play the game like normal and like every once in a while like hey guys i found a thing for us for to do you want to hop in let's do it and then it'll put everyone back to where they were so they can kind of keep doing their own thing um but man is it just the most GameCube ass looking shit that runs like it's on an N64. Wow. It's Grant. I'm telling you, you don't want to rotate the right analog stick because like it will stutter trying to like move the camera to like deal with whatever low poly textures it can't. I mean, the pop in is so horrible that like there'll be like a group of enemies just like out of nowhere right in your face. And if you just like turn around and turn back, they'll just despawn. I mean, it's like truly staggering how like bad this game is optimized and 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 it it just runs so poorly but yeah it's real frustrating it's also one of the it's 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 like uh pokemon legends which came out this calendar year had none of this um had problems but it wasn't it wasn't this class of bad no it looked better it ran better uh the textures were you know i mean it wasn't a hundred percent open world it was like five big zones yeah, but, it was it was like hub and spokey. But still, characters not even in the background in the foreground weren't moving at like five frames per second so that the game wouldn't self-destruct. Yeah. Like NPCs and things will just like run at like two frames a second just to save. Uh, it, it's so bizarre that Nintendo lets this happen. It's it's it is weird because they they seem like they are even though it makes a, a, like an infinite amount of dollars. It seems like they are always resource constrained. Some of it is obviously that they have like a absurd pace uh, that they have to put out games. And that's true. But also it does seem like they don't give them enough money to do stuff to like to improve their tech. Like it just it just feels like they're never given the resources necessary to make a game that is as popular as Pokemon is. Like imagine if Call of Duty was the biggest thing on earth and they were just like you could make a game like let me give you a Unity license and and a nickel and can you just just make the next Call of Duty? Grant clearly the Pokemon company Game Freak as a developer and and Nintendo who has the sort of weird second it, it's not like a first party it's like a second party thing yeah because like they like co own yeah the the Pokemon IP. They have all agreed to sell their souls to the devil. So again, make almost twice as much money as like the hit, like Mickey Mouse and the Disney characters have made collectively in their lifetimes, like more money than that. But they also looked at each other and said, small team, not going to spend money on translation or voice acting, not going to give them a lot of resources or time. We're going to make them crank them out 
as soon as possible all year round. And therefore, we are going to make a trillion dollars and we're just going to have to swallow it and live with it and hope that children don't complain because they don't notice. And lo and behold, a lot of journalists that I follow who have kids, they literally just do not notice the performance issues. Like they just don't care. It is not a thing to them. When I was a kid, I can remember see like when things when performance is really bad. I don't think anybody can like uh, like when like especially like things that are like hitches where like things will just like the screen will freeze for like a second or whatever. I don't think there's any way to not see it. I just think as a kid, your standards are so low that you're like, oh, I see this, and who uh, who cares? And and that's like I'm not even insinuating that like the majority of people who bought this game are children because I bet you just like Disney adults, the most of the money comes from God or people. Oh, I don't who know. Are, I I bet you a, a huge huge chunk of it is for kids. I feel like a lot of those kids grew up though. Well, there's always more kids, Jared. That's the thing. That's true. But it it seems like they're always willing to not care because these games sell like hotcakes and if if any one particular game in a series really shits the bed the sales end there's up another affecting, one next year the sales end up affecting the next one for every franchise other than pokemon yeah it, like it, it'll happen with call of duty like there'll be weird dips mm-hmm. or like ghost will be bad so the next one won't do as well or like you know blah 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 but boy oh boy is is pokemon so ironclad and bulletproof and because every game in a franchise on the switch sells the most ever like mario odyssey best-selling on the switch breath of the wild best-selling zelda on the switch kirby best-selling kirby game ever on the switch like it 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 all the boats the the tide raises all the boats it lifts everything up and that has just happened with pokemon in a way that's just like why would you if you're a corporate businessman why would you not just be like who fucking cares what the reviews say we sold 10 million in three days let's just keep them going yeah, but it's it's always like a fight of like, yeah, 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 you can get the money now, but like if you if you are never do if you're never improving and you're always on fire, like you will at some point burn the like your IP down, which is like you see it with things where it's just like uh, where where you will have these extremely popular um uh, intellectual properties, and then they the they are like, well, fuck it, just make as much money as possible. And then when the quality dips for so low for so long, eventually people are just like, I guess this sucks now. I guess this sucks now, and we're just not going to care about it. I I always knew that this would happen to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that like eventually there would just be so many for so long that if the dot the quality dropped they would have problems and i feel like they're approaching that now or like the last several years have just been like really meh but it just doesn't seem to be happening with pokemon dude it just really does not seem like it it is ever going to matter until one of these things doesn't sell and then things will have to be but it just no dude it's just been going up and up and up exponentially well there's a lot of there's still like a lot of grandparents who need to buy things for their grandkids for christmas or what or their birthdays or whatever stock it is just like nah nothing will ever dent you yeah i i pokemon i try i've tried multiple times to get into it and i just feel like even though i am of an age where pokemon was being played when i was still a child um I just was never into it. I didn't get into it as a kid, and as such, I missed the boat to being 
uh, a Pokemon person. Like it just, I've tried them because, because Rob, the other co-host, another co-host of the show is Hi, a Rob. huge, huge, po- huge Pokemon nerd. And then like, I've sincerely tried them like completely open-minded, like, okay, I've never really played these before. I'm going to try it. Uh, and then like, this is fine, but like, it's very tedious. I find it very tedious. So in 98, I remember seeing in all, I bought all the gaming magazines that the first ad, the first print ad for Pokemon and being like, whoa, what is that? And then it rocked our world in the third grade. And it was it was life to us. Everyone in the third grade, it was like, this is the most important thing on planet Earth. Cards, anime, uh, merchandise, the games, trading, bringing our Game Boys to school. Like it shut down school. They were like, no more of this. Stop bringing this stuff. And over time, I fell off. And I mean, I eventually like played them all, but like I was not sick of Fantic, but all of my best friends to this day will buy both versions and they are Pokemaniac. So I live with them. I have to talk about this every year ad nauseum. So I end up getting suckered in and I, I enjoy them, but don't buy both versions. Please don't. I still know people to this day who buy both. Stop. Get some help. I've been telling them that for 20 plus years. Um, Don't do that. Like that's, that is, that's what the. They're, you're giving them what they want. You're giving Nintendo what they want. Stop it. You're you're not preaching to the choir. You're preaching to the preacher. Um, but I really haven't enjoyed a Pokemon game this much since I really liked Let's Go Pikachu Eevee and I really liked Arceus. Everything else, like for the last like 10, 15 years, it's just been like whatever. Oh, yeah. Man, I'm playing the ever loving shit out of this Scarlet dude. I, I went stop. when Pokemon Legends came out and it was getting like pretty good reviews. I did consider getting it, but it also it came out in that weird like two month period where there was like a hundred games coming out all at one time. Yeah, so I was like, well, I guess I'm not gonna play this because I'm already like I already have eight games piled up. I mean, um, if I were to ever advocate for you to ever play one, it would be Legends Arceus, just because of yeah. it, it is, like, so different. Yeah. Um, so that's Pokemon. I'm sure I'll talk more about it next time I record with Rob. Uh, God of War. You beat God of War. You platinumed it, right? I did. I, I got the platinum. Yeah, it took me 35 hours. Uh, that's not bad for platinuming, for, for, like, doing literally everything there is in the game. I would agree. I thought it was going to take longer. Um, I really appreciate how both God of War 1 or 2018 and this doesn't matter with difficulty. Once you beat the main campaign, you can go back and do everything that you missed. Nothing is ever That's hidden. Um, and uh, thankfully, a lot of the stuff, I think a lot of the side stuff in this game in particular is better than the main stuff. So it was actually a joy to do. It wasn't a chore. Um, yeah, I'm going to do the vast majority of it, but fuck those crows. I'm not gonna, I'm not doing those crows. But they open up chests that give you like crow armor and stuff. I'm not doing it. You can't make me. You can't make me, Cory Balrog. Um, he, mm. right. I, 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 I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do the side stuff. Um, I've liked it, so I'm probably. I think I. Put, I think I put six hours into it, and then I said, um, I'm not gonna be able to finish this before I leave for Puerto Rico, and so I shifted gears. <laughs> into pentiment and started putting time into that um but uh god of war my first six hours um i'm trying to remember exactly where i left off um met tier uh did all the stuff where i met where i went as atreus and met up with freya again and then did some side stuff and then went back out with tier again I think that's where I left off, but um it's good. It's uh Mimir continues to be character of the year. Mimir is always character of the year for any game. It doesn't matter if it's he's extremely in it. good. Hey, you know who's the best character? Mimir. Mimir is very good. Um 
I had hoped that because Atreus is older, that we would get past some of the whininess. Nope. And we we have not done that. He's still pretty whiny. He is the god of mischief, and there uh. will still be things that happen in the story that'll make you go, why did he do that? Why did he decide that? Why did he say that? And then like later he'll apologize, and everyone will be like, yeah, whatever, I'll forget about it. But I won't. Yeah, um, the amount of whining still to this day, um, is, is, is troublesome. But the vast majority of the time that I'm spending with it is, is delightful. Um, playing as, uh, Kratos, great. The combat as Atreus, I find less compelling. That's because it is less compelling. Um, I mean, like, I, I, I listened to a lot of spoiler cast stuff with the new, uh, game director, Eric Williams, I think his name is. And he was just explaining that, um, they kind of had all these things kind of like planned out for the sequel and they they knew they wanted to sort of hit XYZ story wise and XYZ gameplay wise. And it seemed like when they had made up their minds on playing as Atreus, which is the first character who's not Kratos, you play in any of these games. Um, they were committed to it. Maybe you could have not done that because um, they give him his own like skill tree and stuff and you think it's going to matter. They but... could have made it better is the, th- is the thing is like in like think about in Witcher 3 where you're playing segments as Siri, you don't control you don't control like like girl, but you're like you're fast and you're you're like you can zip around really quick. So like you could you you do combat differently. Yeah, it was cool, but it's still cool. Yeah. Um, so what are you doing Atreus? Yeah, uh, they were also explaining a lot of like story stuff. It's just like, you know, when you're 14, 15, you do a lot of really stupid things. You don't know why. And I'm like, yeah, but like you're writing a video game. Like, yeah, you got to make some got to do right? a little better than than that. My guy, like he's not a normal 14, 15 year old. Like he's a god and sort of like royalty. Like you, you can't just like they should know better. Like they, they shouldn't just be able to get away with like, I don't know. I got drunk and I did something stupid, mom. Like that's normal people shit. This isn't like Norse god shit. I do feel like there is some stuff that makes sense, like him being so set on being like, I could just go, because I did this somewhat recently, is like, I can just go meet Freya and I'm sure it'll be fine, is something that like a very, very foolish teenager would do. Is like, yeah, this person is um fully raged out uh, trying to murder my dad, but I'm sure if I just like ask nicely, they'll help. See, that was cool. That part I really enjoyed. But like, I don't know. There's just a lot of like, I got to find out who I am. And I'm like, what? That's not a good. That's not a compelling enough reason. What do you mean who you are? Like, yeah, that seems like it's like that should be a secondary driving force. Like, um, can you bring your dad along to find some cave paintings that explain that? Like, I don't understand who you are. What? Yeah, that's stupid. I don't know. Uh, So far, I'm having a good time. Uh, and I, I will definitely get back and finish it. It does seem like it's probably like a 20 to 25 hour to, to finish it and not if you're not trying to platinum it. Yeah, I would say that's that's about right. Uh, boy, you are coming up on maybe the worst stretch of the game, though, because it really slows down and mm-hmm. you play as a trace in a certain level. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to say the word when you see a yak, just know okay. that you, you are in. For it's it. the bad times. Oh, God, it's so slow. Oh, my God. You ride on that yak for so long, dude, and it's not even that interesting. God. I really like that dwarf town. That dwarf, dwarf village is good great. as hell. Side stuff, fantastic. The Mimir side quests. Uh, there are just some side characters and side quests that are genuinely better than the main plot. It is 
some of that stuff is so goddamn good, the writing. Uh, but you're just way too early for me to even expound on any of that. Yeah, and it's weird because, like, because it, this is running on a PS5, and because it is, this is very much a cross-gen game, and it isn't, it isn't pushing visual boundaries like the like the 2018 release did on the PS4. Um, there's like, uh, there's this feeling of like, maybe it's a little disappointing, but truth be told, I think that like, the tech is pretty good. And obviously, obviously, if this was developed from the ground up to run only on a PS5, yes, they could do more. Oh, it blows our sock up. That's true. But I think it's a really pretty game. I think the tech looks fine. I think having like the, the frame rate stuff is great. Like having options and being able to run at like the 60 FPS mode. And then if you have a newer TV that has like, um, a 120 hertz and variable refresh rate, you can run it at like a a 40 hertz mode. So you're getting like slightly higher resolution and good, uh, a, a superior frame rate, things like that. Great. All that stuff is awesome. Um, and I just think the art design of that game shines through in this, in the same way as, as like a, a like people talk about like a world of warcraft where like even though obviously world of warcraft is not using has never used like state-of-the-art tech in terms of like visuals the art design is very strong and so it looks good even if it is not using the most shiniest tech available in this moment i completely agree the little details on like doors and levers and like a lot of that dwarf, dwarf town stuff which is different yeah. than the other realms the music, uh, these like li- there's like little tiny little creatures that are like plot related that they just never talk about or bring up, but you'll like notice them and you're like, oh, Ikrasil, the tree, okay, and and the squirrel guy and there's and it's just like you sit and you look at that game and yeah, dude, the art direction's stellar, music is stellar, some of the writing is stellar. Um, I don't think it's as good as as the previous game at all. Like the sort of like you, you don't have the novelty. You don't you have, have the wow factor. Um, you don't have like seeing the turtle or seeing the lake, the the big open lake, and just listening to the stories. Like the game is, I don't want to say more linear, but it's not like as open as that like first Lake of Nine in the first game. Um, yeah. I just don't think anything wowed me as much as like getting the blades for the first time or like seeing Atreus or, or Kratos go Spartan mode for the first time or seeing Athena or finding out that it's fra- I mean, like, I don't think there's anything in this. Maybe there's one moment, but like nothing in this game outdoes 2018 story wise or gameplay wise. I just don't think anything is like better, better. It's all small refinements and improvements that make it a really great game, but not mm. like game of the year, like holy smokes kind of levels of st- but it's still really worth playing yeah it's it, it's it, it is definitely um a, a game that i'm i'm enjoying and i will definitely see through before the end of the year um i finished i went through and i played all of we are ofk which is kind of like um it's it's kind of like a visual novel it's also like um because it's 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 like a semi-fictional biopic visual novel game of a band of like a band called OFK, which like partially exists in the real world, but then is also partially fictional, kind of like a gorillas, um, like a virtual band type dealy. Um, and then it's also like part of it is interactive. Part of it is telling the story of like how this like EP gets made. And, and then part of it is it's spent over five episodes. And then the kind of like the tail end of each episode is like an interactive music video. So it's, it's a, it's a cool game that, you know, it's about like five or six hours long. Um, and you're, you know, you're interacting it with it. You're making some decisions about how 
um, the, the dialogue goes, how people respond, like, kind of like the tone of the responses of like how, how these individuals are interacting with each other. And that stuff works really well for me. Um, I think that broadly, if you're like, if you're good with games that are, uh, like extremely narrative and, and like, uh, music faced and, and visualizer based, then like, um, then it's good. If you're looking for like a, any sort of like, you're controlling a character and doing action stuff. Obviously, that's not that. Um, it's it's its own thing, uh, and it's not necessarily a visual novel in like the most like rigid sense. It's not like it isn't like a um, like a dating sim or something like that. Uh, but it definitely is. You're you're telling a story. It has it has some elements of like a Telltale style uh, adventure game, things like that, where you're not necessarily doing environmental puzzles, but you're doing like dialogue uh, decisions that are kind of like add flavor add add directions on how the story goes so it's good it's it's a it's a good fun game from my understanding it's first time developers and a relatively small team so uh big thumbs up we are okay it's it's a neat thing and i think it's on uh pc playstation maybe switch too uh, I don't think it's on Xbox. So we are okay. It's cool. And Pentiment. I've been playing uh, Pentiment. I've put um, some significant time into Pentiment, and I am charmed. Th- this game has charmed the shit out of me, Jared. It, it, it really does seem like everyone who plays that game falls in love with it in a way that I'm so suspicious of. I'm like, there's no way it could be that good. Uh, so I, I don't want to make it out to be like it's some innovation in this. In the in like, no game has ever been like this before. But no but game that's, ever looks like it before. But it's like the way. The, so the 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 way things are, so the, you're you're very much in like dealing with um, like the tail end of like the Middle Ages. So the you're in the 1500s, and like so, like to give you some perspective, like there, like Martin Luther is being discussed in this time in in the game. So like it is very much like the Middle Ages are ending, and we are like hurtling towards what will eventually become the Renaissance. Um, and so you're you're dealing with like these these late medieval style art and all of the text is in script and and like who the person is what their status is changes how the text is displayed on the screen so like people from different places people from different um classes are going to have different text bubbles um kind of depicting what they're saying and so it 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 influences like how how they are saying it which is interesting um i think more than anything what is amazing to me so this is set in um in like the holy roman empire and you can kind of tweak how your character like your background my my version of the character is um from like a swiss perspective from from like a swiss background but you could also have it like oh they're from like a more french background or they're from a more uh, italian background um and like what your background is changes like what the things you would actually know and what you would able what you would be able to intuit um based on like your background information so like (laughs) if you're italian you're a mob boss (laughs) no but like if there's like latin shit and if you're Uh, from a then you would be like oh okay i studied this in when i was in this thing i was studying this so i understand this latin shit I'm like, so one thing I, I ran into like a gothic script and I was like, okay, I understand a little bit about this, but like, here's what I understand about it based on my background. Um, so like it, it, it influences. It's not like, it's not like what your background is changes the core concept of the game. It's just like small aspects of like what your character would know in the world. Um, it's just like a, a neat limited, um, role playing game 
the, uh, with an incredible art style. Um, and the way it humanizes the townspeople is fucking wild because obviously like they would be speaking some variant of German in the game, the, but, but the way it's presented to you is in English. And the, the urge that people have when they are writing humans in like, the 1500s is to make them sound very like ornate and use like big long like stuttery words and but the way that this writing does makes all of the townspeople so like there's there's like the abbey which is like the kind of like where they're doing uh expensive like um making of books and they're all these are those are all like uh uh, priests and nuns and stuff. And then there's like the town, which are just like normal people who do like farming and shit. Um, and when you're talking to all the normal people, the way the dialogue is written is like, oh, wow. Like this is, this is, this is a very effective way to make, to humanize and like to make real a time period, people in a time period. And obviously this is fictional. It's not like these are real people or anything, but like to make real that these people are just like, are are the the same as you and me and have the same bullshit struggles that you and I have and obviously like there are some specific logistical differences but like at its core we have the same dumb problems that <laughs> the people in the 1500s would have had um lots of the same dumb bullshit is the same thing like oh all these fucking rich people oh man these landlords are asking for they're raising my rent like it's the same shit Jared um uh, I quit quickly found out after high school that no matter how far in life I got or where I was, a lot of the problems, interpersonal problems that everyone kept having with each other was the same shit from high school. And I was like, mm. are we just emulating high school drama just infinitely for the rest of our lives with our coworkers and friends and families and neighbors and strangers? Oh, we are. Oh. Yeah. Humans turns out there's only a set amount of things that we are able to do. <laughs> Um, but Pentiment, um, it is part of Game Pass. It is, it is a game developed by, um, Obsidian. The, the kind of like the, the game lead is Josh Sawyer, who people will obviously know Vegas. from Fallout New Vegas. Um, it's good. And if you have Game Pass, there's no reason not to play it. Yeah, it's, I'm going to um, have to try this one just because of the pedigree behind Obsidian and the team behind Fallout New Vegas, which I love. The um, truly unique cool. once in a lifetime art style. Like, I've never seen anything that looks like this. It's outrageous. And it's like a detective thing, right? Yeah, kind of. Like, there, there is a, there is a thing that happens and you're trying to figure it out, but it's not, but you're not like a, you're not like a detective. You're, 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 the, the character is there at the Abbey <coughs> as a guest because you're doing manuscript stuff. You're not, you're not, a detective by no. trade, yeah. but you are trying to figure out what happened to it during a thing. Right, I don't think they had detectives back then. Well, right, but you weren't like an inquisitor, like, uh, and that's like you're not you're not there try like you're not solving the mystery for a king or something. You're trying to solve the mystery for yourself. If that if that adds context for you, um, I yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to play it. I, why does December have so many goddamn games? December? What's coming out in December? I, so, Pendiment just came out, which is obviously late November, but I want to play Midnight Suns, I want to play Callisto Protocol, I want to play High on Life. Um, if this new Need for Speed is good from the people who are behind Criterion and Burnout, I gotta play that. Uh, I feel like there's, like, one or two other games. I'm just like, why are... What is going on? The year should be ending. It's just The only game. thing coming out in December that I give any shits about is the Crisis Core remake. I didn't even know that was happening this soon. Okay. Final Fantasy, baby. Jesus. Um, 
I'm excited about that. I'm, I, I can't wait to play it. I could give less of a shit about like the Callisto protocol. I feel like I've already spent too much of my, a, a shocking percentage of my life looking at <laughs> the Calypso protocol. Yeah, but Midnight Suns is getting good reviews. That's like XCOM. It's like, it's like XCOM, but cards, right? It's like play the Spire cards. It's not like card game cards. <sighs> also, Marvel. Blech. But it's um, XCOM, though. <sighs> I never played XCOM 2. If I wanted XCOM, I'd just play XCOM 2. Um, did you play XCOM 2? I played XCOM 1 and 2. I love Into the Breach. I love Advance Wars. Um, there's like, there's like a, a really good strategy game. Mario plus Rabbits. That then why good. aren't you into Fire Emblem? Fire Emblem's good as shit. I like Advance Wars better. Um, Sable, uh, my game of the year from last year, has been updated on PC and Xbox. And they've added a whole new segment, a whole new area, a whole new, like, um, career path, uh, a fishing mini game. You can become a fisherman, which is cool, or a fisher lady, specifically. Um, and it's also out on PS5 now. So that's cool. Um, I, I, the frame rate. I, I don't know. I haven't booted it up. I hope that they did. I can't say one way or the other because I don't know. But because it just it, it just came out and I haven't had an opportunity to do it. But I, I really hope that they did. I hope that it is it is I hope that it is a lot smoother. Um, and I went ahead. <coughs> I went ahead and just bought it on PS5 because I, I love that game so much. I just um, want to support them. And I'm so glad that they continue to um, to work on that game because it's a it's a great game. Um, poor Rico, we're going. Um, give me your, how, give me your vibe check on, on traveling. You seem, you seem somewhat, somewhat, uh, anxious about it. Oh, dude, I'm, I'm dreading it. Like, do I have to buy toothpaste? Can I bring the toothpaste on the plane? Is there a CVS near the hotel? I, there, I just, dude, it's super easy. It, it, like, go on the TSA website. If it's three and a half ounces or less, you can bring uh, it. Do they have toothpaste in the hotel? I'm sure that they have. They they absolutely have a little thing where you can buy a little thing of toothpaste. It's a big hotel. It's a big fancy hotel. I'm flying in at night. How am I getting from the airport to the hotel? I when are you? What time are you flying? Actually, I have to update you. This is this is like not podcast material, but I had to change my flight. Mm. So I'm leaving Wednesday, but getting in at night, and I'm actually having to leave Saturday now. Okay, so it's just it's just gonna be me and my wife. We're gonna we're gonna hit the we're gonna hit the the trails. I mean, I feel like you two should have like one day of a nice romantic. You don't have to worry about anyone else like raining your parade, being like, "I don't have shorts and it's too hot." And that, 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 that's me. <laughs> yeah, most most of the people um, are leaving on Saturday, and the the one person who I'm not going to say the name on the podcast, um, who's there, uh, is actually visiting um, a friend who's local that day. So, um, so yeah, I guess it'll just be me and the wife heading <laughs> heading you, to El Yunque. You two deserve a day by yourself um but it's uh I, I jared i think you should i think you should let go i think you should embrace it and we're gonna have a good time we're gonna we're gonna chill out we're gonna see some cool stuff we're gonna go to some museums we're gonna sit, sit go to some um beautiful like um scenic historical places we're gonna have a great time i'm okay with going to museums i love a good museum <laughs> and i love a good place to eat so as long as those two things are you know there and i don't have to stress about like the 50 dollars per day per diem what money am i spending is it a credit card will that someone is a cash only it's a, bu- 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 bu. my head will be racing 24 7 you have no idea jared you need to take you need to get some xanax or something you don't think i've been trying 
uh, as someone as someone with an anxiety disorder, it, it's a it's it's going to be a chill time. Uh, I'll I will if I have to physically bring you somewhere. I will. It is it is it's going to be a good fun time. Uh, I'm I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring a mic. I don't know if we'll record anything, but uh, a mic will be there if we if the if the mood takes us. Uh, we'll have the ability to do this. So I also invested in some uh, in some. Uh, lenses for my for my phone camera and a uh snap on it's a, it's a snap on case um some high end uh additional lenses so i can take beautiful pictures while i am in uh puerto rico i'm 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 very excited about it i think once i'm situated there and i'm in my room and i know that i have co-workers slash friends that i can always rely on you know it'll be better yeah, dude None of none of none of us none of our none of our coworker none of our team is going to let anything bad happen. It's no, 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 no. It's not like that. But it's just like everyone keeps telling me I'm going to have a great time. It's like don't tell me whether I get to have a good time. I'll have a bad time <laughs> if I want to. I'll be. Are you being George Costanza? My whole life is George Costanza. All There's right. a romantic well, George and an independent George. Those things are true. Well, but here's the here's the wild thing is is this time next week you and I are going to be in the same place and it's is going to be in Puerto Rico. We're going to watch some X-Files and play some Switch games. We'll see. <laughs> we'll I mean, see not, how much time we have. Day. Not during the day, at, at night, typically. I, I don't think, like, you know. We'll definitely have a good time. And it, a good time will be had by all, and we'll be relaxing. Keep saying Jared, it. I, I promise you. All right, let's wrap the sucker up. Uh, Jared, where can people find you on the internet? At Jared Russo, J-A-R-E-D-R-U-S-S-O. On Mastodon. Definitely not the hell site. No, on Twitter, not on Ma- Mastodon. Boo. Doing Elon Musk's bidding. Boo. You don't, don't boo me. I'm right. What's that meme? <laughs> uh, and if you want to see what I do. Hey, show. I've seen every episode of that, and I still don't know the memes. <laughs> Uh, if you want to see what I do, have over to GrantBurner.com. For the Weekly Roar, I'm Grant Bruner. And I'm, I'm right. Don't boo me. I'm Jared Russo. Have a good one. Shop back on